When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you have. Our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com. The second presidential debate was uh, not as viewed as the first one. It seems that people, for the most part, have already made up their minds or already voted by the time the second debate rolled around. And I always consume these kind of things. So I watched the debate. And the thing that I found very interesting was when uh, uh, Joe Biden said that he wanted to phase out the use of oil and gas in the United States. And that seemed to be one of the few things that created any headlines the day after the second debate. Well, I wanted to talk about what's actually happening with energy in the United States, which is so important with a huge percent of workers in the oil and gas industry unemployed right now. A story that's not told a lot, but the oil and gas workers, if you remember, um, very early this year before coronavirus became the factor it did, and going back into last year, there was a strategic move specifically by the Russians to try to undermine the oil and gas industries in the United States. And they started flooding the market with product. And then the Saudis, for their own reasons, started flooding product in the market. And the whole idea was to try to harm the, uh, the energy industry in the United States. Well, then coronavirus came along and devastated the energy industry around the world. And in the United States, the number of active wells has declined significantly because of that. But this is, that's all temporary. And when we get our arms around coronavirus, the oil and gas industries will recover in the United States. But the long-term trend is pretty clear. The sources of energy in the United States, as well as other places in the world, are going through a massive transformation. And so oil and gas will trend line down gradually over multiple decades. There's no politician, there's no political move that any uh, president or party could do that would make oil and gas suddenly be a much bigger player or make it evaporate because it is part of how we supply energy in the United States and that will continue and worldwide and will continue to be regardless of the advances in technology and in particular with transportation. The long-term trend though is completely clear and that is the role of oil and natural gas are going to decline 
as the way we fuel vehicles going to electric, uh, possibly some with hydrogen, is it's going to happen. There's nothing that's going to stop it because everything follows the money. And that is something beyond what any politician can influence. Take solar. Solar now in much of the world, including much of the United States, is the cheapest form of power that exists. And so uh, whether a politician wants solar or not, it doesn't matter because the marketplace ultimately rules. Wind is growing steadily. Coal is shrinking. And natural gas has a very important role to play in the energy supply of the United States for industry, factories, and homes. Uh, office buildings as well and that will continue for years to come but the way we get energy is for all types gradually going to steadily change and it's one of those things that kind of slips up on us i think about what's going on in australia which had been really the home of king coal and now uh in the state of South Australia, if you know your Australian geography, South Australia recently has been getting 100% of its energy for homes and businesses from solar. And it's because it's the cheapest way to generate energy. And in that part of Australia, more than one in three homes have solar on their homes because it saves them so much money. So anytime you talk about a big shift in how a society works. It's always about following the money, in our case, following the dollars and cents, and the way we produce energy and what form of energy we use is going through a very clear transition, and it means that we have to make sure that the workers in the industries that will gradually shrink are not left stranded, that they have really solid job training available for them for the jobs of the future as the jobs of the present and the past steadily shrink. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. And Kim, who are you starting with? This is from Alan in Ohio. Alan says, I have a 20-year-old computer in my basement, and I haven't turned it on in at least five years. Is it safe to take it somewhere to recycle, or do I need to do anything to the computer before taking it in? Well, first of all, I am impressed beyond measure that you have a 20-year-old computer. It probably is something that looks like an antique, the way that industry has changed. So... If you're paranoid, you get a screwdriver, open the thing up, pull the hard drive out, and drill that hard drive, which is uh, an important step that people that are particularly paranoid would take. Now, with a 20-year-old computer, I don't even know if it'll boot up, but if it would, at a minimum, you can wipe the drive, wipe the programs off the computer, and then recycle it. The good news about stuff that would be that old on a computer is there's a good likelihood that you don't have a lot of stuff on there that would be of particular interest to an identity thief anyway. Joel? 
Clark Martin in California says, I have funds in an online savings account with CIT Bank. I recently read that they're being taken over and that there's a controversy over that purchase, including a lawsuit by investors. What's going on? And is my money safe in CIT right now? I don't uh, really care if the question's read on air, but I just did it anyway. That's from Martin. Uh, Martin? So the scoop is, as long as your account you have at CIT is FDIC insured, you don't have to worry about anything involving any corporate boardroom drama involving uh, the uh, sale of CIT. So your money is insured by the FDIC, an agency of the federal government, up to a quarter million dollars, and you will not be impacted in any way with that money being at risk. If at some point the uh, corporate entity changes and they change the policies of what they pay and all that, all you would have to do is migrate your money somewhere else. But your money would be completely safe. Kim? Michael in Georgia says, you mentioned that the SBA has announced a simpler PPP forgiveness for loans that are less than $50,000. Where do I find the form to submit to my lender? That is a great question. The simple form is on sba.gov. And it is not terribly hard to find on their website, but what we'll do is we will list it in today's show notes, the direct link for it, and you'll be able to click on that and go right to it. So the loan forgiveness application for loans of less than 50000 is actually what the feds say. It is a very simplified, in this case, self-certification of forgiveness, which is very different than how any kind of SBA loan normally would work. Joel? Clark Paul in Wisconsin says, what are your thoughts on eToro? It's a website focused on trading cryptocurrency. And how would you compare it to something like Robinhood? I wouldn't compare it equivalent because you're still paying substantial fees for trading in cryptocurrencies. And I need to say something about this whole idea of cryptocurrencies because I think that there's this idea that a cryptocurrency is an investment. And cryptocurrencies in their original concept was all about having an alternative to what they call fiat money or government-issued money by various governments in the world. And it's because at the time, people were worried about the stability of various currencies, including the U.S. dollar. Well, cryptocurrencies have proven to be a false alternative because they move wildly in value up and down day to day, and any of a number of them have turned out to be fraud operations. If you start trading in them, it's possible you would make money as a speculative bet, but it's not really investing because cryptocurrencies generally are not readily convertible to make purchases day to day. When people want to buy something today, they still pay traditional means through the U.S. dollar in our country. And so cryptocurrency is really something kind of equivalent to going to a casino. Never put any money into one that you would have any financial trouble or you'd be upset with yourself if you lost much or all of that money.
Kim? Melissa in Georgia says, what do services like RV Share and Outdoor Z do to protect the owners of RVs when sharing them? That's a great question. And it's kind of like what happened with Airbnb, where Airbnb, after some uh, really ugly incidents happened and unit owners, property owners got sued, the RV share industry has followed that with generally uh, those million-dollar liability coverage and potentially, depending on which RV company you use, you might also have collision and comprehensive coverage that comes with you being a renter renting yours out to someone else. Check carefully and check with your own RV insurer to see if you're prohibited under their policies from being part of any of these RV shares. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Travis is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Travis, you have done everything possible to protect your identity from identity thieves. And somebody still is messing around in your life. What happened? Hey, Clark, uh, I absolutely love your show. Thank you. No kidding. Your podcast is the only one I listen to. Thank you. So the challenge, um, not challenge, but the issue is that I I filed my 2019 tax return with an extension, and it actually just occurred on this past Friday. Uh, My accountant called me on, on that Friday and said, your tax return was rejected because someone had already filed a return under uh, my social security. So I filed married filing jointly. And my, I asked for a couple of specifics on like, when did they do it? Who was it? But she said the only notification that she received was rejected. And that it said return was already filed under my social security. Please tell me you aren't anticipating a refund. (laughs) Uh, I am, actually. Uh, I am. Okay, so that's the wrong answer to that question, because... I know. Let me tell you how this plays. $4,500. Okay, and is that money money vital to your life, or are you okay if you're going to have to wait a while for it? Thank you for asking, but I'm okay right now, so... uh, The reason reason I asked it that way is that um, there's two possibilities here. One is that there's a clerical error that the IRS read a social security number that someone submitted a return under incorrectly or that somebody incorrectly put in their number. The other possibility is that it's a thief who filed a return as if you're you, and you may not ever find out what the backstory was or is. But what you have to do now, and your accountant may have told you this, you now have to file an old-fashioned paper return. Yes. And then, the this is the reason I asked you about the money. The wait for a refund, it's not at all unusual for it to take 10 to 14 months for the refund wow. to come. 
And now, what's frustrating, Clark, is that I took your advice. I have a credit freeze on three of my bureaus. And then I'm also a member of one of my identity surveillance, one of the identity surveillance companies. I didn't get any alerts or notifications. I'm just baffled on how this could happen. Yeah, it's not going to show up any of the normal things, um, like any of the uh, surveillance products, the credit freezes, all that. They're all about people applying for credit as if they're you. And somebody filing a tax return slips right through any of those protective systems. So you're still going to be able to prevent somebody from getting a new visa card as if they're you or whatever, but it won't help on the tax side. So next year, uh, the IRS just changed the procedure, but next year uh, your accountant will probably have some procedure they follow with the IRS involved with how your return is filed because this happened to you this year. But for this year, basically, you're a victim of a crime where you file the return, you don't lose any of your money, you lose use of your money for an extended period of time, and hopefully that's as far as this will go. Let me know if any other crazy things happen, if it is an actual tax thief who's on the lurk with your information who's lurking about it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the clark howard show where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com and i want to talk about a hazard of people spending so much time at home uh, kids that maybe are doing distance learning all the time online or hybrid where they're in school a couple of days a week and online other days. And then uh, people who can work from home, working from home instead of in the office. Wow. The cable monopolies are just so excited because they are making a fortune charging these massive overages when you go over their data caps. Now, as I complimented the cable industry earlier this year, it was really impressive how the cable monopolies were able to handle virtually overnight massively greater numbers of people using much more internet than they ever had before. And the system did not strain and the system that these cable companies had in place worked and that was very very impressive and in the early part of the pandemic the cable monopolies waived their rip-off artificial overage fees the huge penalties they charge for going over these arbitrary data caps which are really funny when you think about your cell phone provider where they're in a competitive industry, doesn't charge fees for going over an imaginary data cap. You get unlimited data. You may be subject on very busy streets or whatever to sometimes network prioritization once you've used a huge amount of data, meaning they temporarily slow you to make sure that everybody has some data available, but that's it. 
and I've recommended this to the cable industry, but they want the money. And so be aware that you may get hit with bill shock. And if you have, with your cable company, set up for automatic billing without getting a paper bill, you may not see the emails that you've been hit with a massive data overage. So pay attention to that. Now, with the cable companies, you usually can pay a big extra fee every month to be exempt from the data caps. So basically, it's a method of monopolistic extortion. Extortion's too strong a word. That's a crime. Anyway, uh, monopolistic privilege that a monopoly like a cable company just does what it wants and you have to live with it. The good news, and it really is good news, is that this is the last year that the cable monopoly is going to have its way. And this is the last year we're going to be paying the outrageous prices we pay some of the highest in the world, maybe the highest in the world, for Internet access. It's one of the things that's going to change in months at most, a year or two, depending on where you live, where you're going to have a choice of a number of new competitive ventures either from the cell companies or from satellite players that will bring our prices more in line with the rest of the world. You know, countries that have really competitive Internet, it's not at all unusual for people's monthly bills to be 5 to $15 a month for their home Internet, where in the United States, it's not at all unusual for us to have to pay more than $100 a month because we're in this monopoly situation not for much longer. And I've shared with you recently that Verizon and T-Mobile in many parts of the country now are offering home internet that is very inexpensive compared to the cable monopolies with typically unlimited data from 40 to $60 a month. See if you are eligible where you live. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And I forgot. Whose turn is it now? I'm up. And Jesse Yo. in Wisconsin, she's got a question. All right. says, I've heard that there may be an opportunity to work from home, helping to process the backlog of state and or federal unemployment claims. Clark, do you have any idea of how I would pursue applying for a position like that, but avoiding all the make $1,000 a day working from home noise that comes up when I search yeah. for it? That is a great question. And there's still a backlog in a bunch of states on unemployment insurance applications. So where you start is actually at your State Department of Labor. And if they have jobs, you know, they list job listings for a variety of things, both private and government, but also if the State Department of Labor itself needs workers, that's where it will be posted. There are also a number of potential job opportunities that you may be able to do from your home at the Federal Clearinghouse site, usajobs.gov. But be very, very careful with any of these things that are dare to be rich. In fact, I saw one just this past weekend at a red light, and it looked like it was handwritten, but it was actually a printed thing that was one of those um, signs, cardboardy kind of signs that was up by the side of the road. 
that promised $20,000 a month and more in income working part-time from your home. I dialed up right away. No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't need to call a scam. Kim? (laughs) Lucy in Kentucky says, Clark, can you recommend a payment app that will allow me to collect monies once a year but not be linked to any of my personal bank accounts? Here's the background. Each holiday season, I collect contributions from parents for cash gifts to teachers and staff at my child's school. Whatever I collect, I divide equally and then hand out with holiday thank you cards. In the past, I've just done cash and checks, but people are starting to request that I give them an electronic option. I'd like to be accommodating, but I have no other use for such an app. And for security reasons, I don't want to link any of my bank accounts. Do you have any suggestions on how I should be handling this? Sure. Uh, So you're a really good-hearted person to be the one who organizes this and gets it done every year, and then it's more complicated this year. So what I would do is set up a new account. There are so many options for free checking accounts. Go ahead and set up another one for yourself. It could be with an online bank, which would be really easy. And then with either a PayPal account, uh, which would probably be the simplest for people who want to give electronically, you can link that to this account. It would be completely separate from everything else you do. The money would go from the PayPal account into it, and you can use that money then to take care of the people at the school. So that would be the easiest and simplest way you could also set up a venmo if you wanted to there are some people who prefer that to paypal but i think keep it simple just set up the the paypal account uh free checking account uh something like that link the two bam you got a simple easy way to get this done joel Clark Tom in California says, can you recommend a free quality online course to learn Microsoft Office, especially Word, Excel, and PowerPoint? This is for my high school senior. So uh, interesting you say free. You know, on Udemy, you'll find free ones from time to time. But I would rather uh, your high school senior use one of the paid courses. I'm going to give you a few places to look. Uh, Udemy, which you'll hear me mention regularly, has good courses for 15 bucks for this. Coursera, if you ever heard me talk about them, they have courses. But one in particular that's really good for any of the tech training programs is LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a program called LinkedIn Learning. Uh, your high school senior, you got to be 16 to have a LinkedIn profile. You can go ahead and set up a LinkedIn profile. We'll make uh, your senior eligible for the LinkedIn learning program. That one, though, is 20 bucks a month instead of per course. But the advantage is that uh, people really respect the LinkedIn learning programs, and it gives your child an incentive to really stick to it and get it done because remember you're paying per month so the quicker finishing the program the better at 20 a month but all the costs from udemy coursera or linkedin learning are all very very inexpensive although they don't hit what you asked for which is free kim 
Sandy in Florida says, I have several gift cards to movie theaters. They have no expiration dates, but the news says that these theaters will be closing. Is there anything I can do to get refunds or is this a total loss? Uh, Let's call it in between because you're not going to get a refund. But the movie business will endure. We don't know which of the existing brands that are losing huge amounts of money every single day will survive in their current form. But even if uh, particular theater chains file for bankruptcy before all this is done, the gift cards are usually honored. It's one of the first petitions to a bankruptcy court judge is to honor gift cards so that you maintain trust instead of breaking it with customers. So you're in suspended animation for now. There are scattered theaters that actually are opening and showing movies. And if you're not worried about being in a movie theater for a couple of hours watching a movie, you have a decent chance of being able to use the cards this fall. But otherwise, you could lose the money, but the greater likelihood is you'll just be able to use the money later when the coronavirus clears. Joel? Clark Joel in Texas says, could you please elaborate on the 80-10-10 mortgage loans you've talked about? What are the pros and cons? And are they good for someone who needs to get a jumbo mortgage loan? So 80-10-10 loans, the idea is that normally if you don't have 20% down payment for a loan, you have to pay a huge premium every month called PMI, private mortgage insurance. And it's a very expensive thing, doesn't help with the balance of the loan at all. So people will do an 80-10-10 where they take out a first mortgage for 80% of the value of a home, a second higher interest rate mortgage for 10% of the value of the home and pay 10% down. Now the jumbo mortgage market, the non-qualifying market is completely different. And an experienced mortgage broker has any of a number of strategies for you to avoid a PMI kind of thing on a jumbo, including potentially doing an 80-10-10. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sandra is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Sandra, you and your husband are in a situation that so few people have now. You have the privilege of having access to a hefty pension potentially. Is that right? That is right, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call. I absolutely love your show. Thank you. And Yes, I've been listening to you for the last 20 years. We are very fortunate and 
Yeah, his company offers a pension, and he probably would maximize his pension if he retires within the next five years, and he's only 58. So I've contacted some people through that Garrett network that you recommended over and over again. Sure. Um, and their fees seem to be quite high um, to get any kind of like, you know, post-retirement planning. How um, much, support. what kind of fee are we talking about? I'm curious. Like 1% of our entire portfolio. Which now, that's for that's for managing the money going forward. Uh, did you get any quotes on what it would cost just to do a financial planning checkup? No. So I didn't ask for that specifically. So I guess Because I, I would ask for that because if you're trying to decide, if I have this right, you're trying to decide at what point does the pension benefit cover what you're going to need to live on in retirement that you could feel comfortable with him bagging work and you just live the rest of your days in a comfortable retirement with the pension and ultimately Social Security. Correct. Correct. So, so that's the kind of thing that um, when I talk about Garrett specifically, that's the kind of thing I want you to be able to do is where you get that um, that analysis of, well, you know, if you take the pension now, it'll be this much money versus your living costs, blah, blah, blah. You should be okay to quit in seven years or three years or five years. That's the kind of number you're looking for, right? Correct. The other that... way you could get to that is mm -hmm. do you have a CPA firm that you've ever worked with for tax or other matters? Not yet. We we have been doing our own taxes uh, forever, and uh, my husband's pretty good using the you know online um, tax preparation software so we don't have a cpa okay because i'm trying to think of where else other than uh because an actuary could easily figure out the ideal time to take that pension but you should also be able to get that answer from a financial planning expert who is a fiduciary you know is only there working for you and if they need to, they can sub out having an analysis done of your husband's pension to see the uh, the consequences of taking money at different points. And so, how would you find that person? Well, that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't find the kind of services I was expecting you to be able to find from Garrett. How many Garrett people did you talk to? So I've... I've contacted them via email, so so far I have contacted three of them. One of them said um, they basically didn't have time to give me um, any time you know, to work on this. And then the other two, I have um, an appointment set up with them tomorrow, and the next one is next week. Oh, okay. Um, so you may, you may find like out more. Uh, let's wait right. till after you've talked to those two people, see what they have to say. And maybe you'll end up just fine because, uh, you know, when you're dealing with someone like that, this is an issue they have from clients, not all the time because so few of us have pensions, but it's a common thing they deal with is to figure out what the consequences are of pensioning out on different dates and then which form of payment you should have for a pension, 
whether it's life, life plus 50, or life plus 100, meaning how much the surviving spouse you get um, if you outlive your husband. And so I'd be very disappointed and surprised and need to know back from you if the next two you talk to also turn out to be a dead end for you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.